Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore. From the record, this is Joe Coughlin and Martin Carlino, and we are bringing you North Shore News Week, our weekly wrap-up of uh, weekly wrap-up show of every all our news or a lot of our news, the best of our news from the previous week. Um, there's always so much; uh, it's very difficult to choose, but we bring you the best headlines we got. Break everything down. Um, everything you hear here is uh, available in more detail on the record North Shore. Dot org. Um, we're about a week out for election week, but that doesn't mean um, it got any less busy. We had um, some follow-ups to do, a lot of um, COVID um, um, pieces that we did in the past week with mitigations going up and everything like that. So um, we stayed pretty busy. Uh, that's, that's about right, isn't it, Martin? It is, Joe. And uh, maybe the nights haven't been as late as they were last week with election Um, night but I'm gonna say the days during the week have been as jam-packed as they were and as you mentioned we've got some more great content to share with everyone this week so we look forward to doing so and I think Joe if I'm not mistaken we're gonna start out with some big news uh, over the last week at New Trier Um, we like to think we've been all over and reporting the the latest happenings at New Trier so we're gonna start out with uh, with filling in our listeners here about the the latest over at New Trier. Yeah, we're at the high school. Um, this covers all five of our of our towns and our coverage area. So, so a big um, a big coverage spot for us. So, we've been following along with their saga in cl- in person, out of out of classroom. They also have a very um, kind of sophisticated dashboard that really helps out the community by keeping track. So, um, we've been following along, and we told you last week that they'd be coming back to school, and they did on Tuesday kind of the variables that weren't um, available at that point um, last week um, that we have answers to now were the saliva-based screenings um, that they began over the weekend. Um, and what was the participation in that? What was the opt-in rate? Because they are optional. Um, and Nutria was working very hard to pump up that opt-in percentage. And they did. Um, according to officials, over 95% of students' um, families actually um, were opt-in of those students who were coming to school, that is, and over 75% of uh, staff members. So they're still working on getting that number up, according to Nikki Dizon, the communications director over there, and she didn't have an official number of how many staff members opted out and were still coming to school. That's the number we're waiting for to complete the story. But um, very high numbers. So on Tuesday, their first day back in class after a four-week break um, because of the high COVID numbers, They had more than 700 students um, on the campuses, um, and uh, they had, um, like I said, plus 75% of the staff members as well um, on the campuses. The screenings caught six presumptive positives um, and uh, in time before they were on campus. So those students, they're all student cases, presumptive cases that need to be, um, I guess, uh, confirmed by a diagnostic test, but... Um, they were not allowed on campus. So um, seems like it works so far, Marty. Yeah, I think definitely um, you have to consider those numbers of the opt-in a, a positive for the district. Um, 95% already just over a month after um, it was announced, actually less than a month after the program was announced. Certainly seems like tremendous progress. And the fact that it already caught um, half a dozen 
presumptive positives is an encouraging sign. Um, board, we, we covered the, uh, the special board of education meeting that the uh, district held last week and um, all of the board members uh, on the district's board of education seem to express, you know, adamant confidence in the screening program, the mitigation measures that they have in place, you know, social distancing, mask, mask wearing, um, the improved airflow that they, that they have throughout the building. So it seems like they are very confident in their plan. And so far, even though it's just a day or two, it seems like it is working um, to, to what they've sort of planned out here, huh, Joe? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of numbers out there and we break them down in the story for you. So just so you get uh, an idea of how many students there are, how many students are coming in, how many students are opted out. Those are all in the story. So check it out. But some things to keep an eye on, um, in my, you know, as a reporter, this is what I'm looking at. Um, 75% of staff members, actually, it's over that. And we're waiting on the numbers. So um, they could be a lot higher than this. But that would mean if, say, it's about 80%, that there's still a hundred plus teachers at school who have not been screened. And that's something that um, I know the district was worried about because they're coming from other areas besides New Trier Township. So waiting on those numbers, um, it, it means nothing till it means something. So uh, just uh, we're holding out for those numbers and hopefully we get those soon. And the other thing, and we have follow-up stories coming from Martin on this is there are basically two groups on opposite ends of the spectrum on them returning to school. The, the parents um, group called Open Nutria, and I'm sure other parents as well, um, want more kids back in school, more students. They think with the mitigations in, in, um, in place and as well as the screening, um, Nutria can hustle up and even get some more kids back in school under the right, you know, um, with due diligence. And on the other side, the Education Association wants teachers and students out of school. They think remote learning is the safest thing right now, even with uh, the screening. Um, they um, And all that's in the story, or some of that's in the story right now from the Education Association. We have more coming on a rally this Saturday. We'll talk about later, but a couple things to keep your eye on. This saga, obviously it's very important. I, I'm not making light of it by calling it a saga. It, it's ongoing. Yeah, and uh, and I appreciate the foreshadowing there, Joe. Our listeners will just have to hang tight for uh, a couple minutes here or so until we get to um, some more information that we hope to share on, on the rally. But um, great point on the, the teacher percentage, Joe, because an important thing to, to note there, as we know, of course, is some teachers are on campus every day as opposed to some student groups only being on campus um, once a week or their designate, designated sort of four days uh, per month as the current plan calls for. So certainly I think the district is happy with the student population percentage um, opt-in so far, but the teacher uh, opt-in has a little bit of a room for improvement, it seems, um, because as we mentioned, those some of those teachers are on campus every day. Um, so the district probably hopes that number reaches uh, a little bit closer towards 100%. So um, keep an eye on that story as it evolves. Uh, we have the latest, um, which was published yesterday. Um, so check it out at the record North Shore. And that is our lead story. Um, moving on to our second segment. And, you know, I'm going to take a break for one second because we don't usually do this, but got to mention our sponsors. Um, they don't specifically sponsor this podcast. They, they sponsor our organization as a whole. So thank you to Brasky Plumbing out of Winneka. They sponsor our weekly um, um, newsletter called uh, The Shortcut. And thank you to Illinois Bone and Joint Institute actually sponsors our podcast over on the sports side. 
but thank you. We're a nonprofit. It, it's very helpful to have those sponsors. Um, so, you know, um, check those companies out, those good local community members when you can. And for all of our listeners looking for um, perhaps an additional way to help support our journalism and our daily coverage, uh, make sure to check out our Newsmatch campaign before the end of this year. Um, you can find details about that on our social media ch- channels and simply by clicking the donate button at the top right corner of our website. Um, but now through the end of the year, we're a part, we're thrilled to be a part of a program uh, through an organization called Newsmatch that is going to double any donation we, re- we receive up to, up to $5,000 um, throughout the rest of the year. So we're very excited and anyone interested in, in further supporting our efforts, we would Greatly appreciate that and encourage you to check out um, our Newsmatch page here until the end of the year. And moving on, uh, thank you, Martin. Moving on to the second segment we call Up and Down the Shore. Um, we just take it one community at a time um, and give you kind of um, one of the stories that we're working on that we've published. Um, and we always start at the north end of the shore, which is Glencoe. And sticking with the COVID-19 theme, Glencoe um, School Board, um, had a big announcement uh, recently, or a, a big meeting, I should say, in which they introduced a new policy, first introduction here, a first read, um, that would uh, add to their policy about pandemics, testing, required testing that could be okayed by the superintendent. The, the superintendent could initiate it um, in a time of pandemic, like currently. Um, it was a first reading, so um, coming back in December, There'll be a more formal draft. There'll be a more formal discussion about whether to approve it. Um, and there'll be a more formal plan with um, financials and logistics. Uh, but the general idea is winter travel's coming up. The district took a survey um, of both staff and families within the district and found out there's going to be a good deal of travel. Not surprising. Um, you know, that may have changed recently with the, with the mitigations, but still some families are going to travel. So, they want to get this approved before the break so that when they come out, they have an option um, to do testing and come back safely um, in January. So um, another, another district I'm thinking about or uh, maybe on the, the precipice of testing um, and a lot of question marks there, but that's uh, the full story and kind of some of the breakdown of it um, and some words from Dr. Captain Wang, the superintendent over there, is uh, right now on our website, so check it out. Certainly a uh, preemptive measure, perhaps, but um, definitely seems like one that that might be necessary moving forward. So um, good on the Glencoe D35 board for um, considering this in in advance. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be non-invasive testing, um, similar to what you're seeing at Nutrier, but they're still discussing a lot of options with which test and which price and all that stuff. So um, look forward to that story evolves as well. And that is Glencoe moving on to Winneka, uh, where their, uh, the, the village is, uh, made a bit of a statement last week. Yeah, just a hop, skip, and a jump down to Winneka um, from Glencoe. But basically, the uh, Winneka Village Council in late October, um, I believe the last day of October, actually, announced, um, or second to last day, I should say, announced that it would not be enforcing the latest set of restrictions from Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Um, to briefly recap, those restrictions include a uh, ban on indoor indoor dining, excuse me, for the foreseeable future. 
Um, so the village council, for a number of reasons, said that it was not going to be able to enforce those restrictions from the governor. Um, so, of course, we here at the record wanted to follow up with to that decision and talk to a couple of local restaurants to see if this at all possibly changed their plans or impacted them at any way. Um, so our great freelance reporter, Alan P. Henry, went and drove around Winneka and spoke to a couple um, local restaurant owners. And from what we were able to, to find in our interviewing so far, um, no, no Winneka restaurants plan to defy the governor's orders and allow indoor seating. Um, so certainly something to keep an eye on because as we, uh, as we mentioned earlier there, the council said it would not enforce those restrictions, but so far we have found in our reporting that there is uh, no local appetite for de defining the, the governor's restrictions on indoor dining. Uh, nice, nice turn of phrase with appetite. And um, <laughs> I, we, we talked about this and we talked to some people in the community just found it a bit um, of a statement that they made to say that they didn't have to come out and say it, but they did. But anyway, read the story to get all the villages um, information and facts and as well as the restaurants and that's Winneka um, uh, taking a one step south to Wilmette um, a, a nice ceremony Is it a little bit more than a hop skip and a jump Joe um, depending on where you're jumping from you know <laughs> like uh, you know you gotta you gotta take a, a large leap if you're on Sheridan Road well over Kenilworth maybe in some <laughs> other areas it's just a skip um, in in Wilmette, we're gonna we're gonna double time it um, with two stories this week, um, just because um, a little slow in Kenilworth this week. But um, Veterans Day was today, and Wilmette did hold a ceremony, um, masks worn and distance um, adhered to. So um, it was outside at Veterans Park, which is right down in downtown Wilmette. Um, we have a photo gallery up. Um, I was there checking it out. Just um, they always do a nice job. A, uh, you know, something of a twist here. Obviously, this was, isn't news anymore, but the local American Legion, um, Herder Post 46, um, has disbanded. Um, you know, um, a lot of a lot of talk of that over the over the previous few years, and they're they're not merging. They're basically joining the Morton Grove version, so there will technically not be a American Legion Herder Post 46. So this was kind of their last official responsibility as the Herder Post 46. So um, a bit of a solemn for that and other reasons on, on this Veterans Day, but always a nice ceremony with village representation, um, police and fire as well. Um, some community, mayors out in, community members out in support. So you can check out our photo gallery up right now. Yeah, and as Joe mentioned, we've got the two-for-one special in Wilmette this week. So the second story we want to briefly recap for our listeners is a, um, an additional round of um, funding through the village's um, sales tax rebate program that the village board on Tuesday evening decided to move forward with. So a little bit earlier this year in late March, the village announced an economic relief program to help local businesses um, survive and, and try to get by through the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, it's having a uh, tremendous effect on the local business community. So the village approved an econo economic relief program earlier this year, and they announced at their meeting on Tuesday night that they'll be moving forward with another round of grants. This time, they're going to be specifically tailored to the local restaurants in Wilmette. So it appears some much-needed help is going to be coming to um, local restaurants in Wilmette. The village is going to move forward 
with this plan if Governor Pritzker's restrictions on indoor dining are still in place as of November 25th. So restaurants can apply as of November 25th if those restrictions are still in place, as I mentioned, and the village expects as many as 37 um, local restaurants might be applying for the grant. So they anticipate they might be dispersing um, as much as 170000 um, through this program. So the grants could range anywhere from $500 to $17,000 um, for an individual restaurant. It's going to depend on their sales tax um, receipts from 2019 and uh, a couple other factors for some of the newer restaurants in town like Sophia Steak and Carlos and Carlos. So it'll, it'll depend on, on some different factors for those new restaurants. But as I mentioned, the village anticipates um, a, a, a significant amount of, of money going out to local restaurants. So some much needed help um, to hopefully further extend the, the runway of, uh, of making it through the pandemic for some local restaurants in Wilmette. Yeah, unfortunately, there is, uh, it's continued to be um, quite, a, uh, quite an issue for a lot of industries and the restaurant injury being, industry being toward the top of the list. So some, some aid over there in Wilmette. And that concludes our Up and Down the Shore segment of the show. Thank you, guys. Um, a reminder that we cover five communities, Wilmette, Winneka, Glencoe, Northfield, and Kenilworth. And um, each one has its own individual subpage on our site that you guys can check out. Um, so make sure to do that um, whenever you get a chance. And, and off, oftentimes, maybe not so much in the winter, you may actually see Joe or myself or Megan Bernard, our other great co-founder, co actually walking up and down the shore. So if you are, uh, if you are driving down Sheridan Road, Sheridan Road, you might see one of the three of us literally walking up and down the shore as we, uh, as we like to do by, by providing our boots on the ground journalism every day. <laughs> awesome. Um, so true. Um, maybe not that the weather is cooling a little bit, but um, that concludes that segment of the show. So we moved on to um, our favorite and uh, a fan favorite portion of the show, featured feature. Um, um, yeah, we didn't get that creative with the name. We know, guys, but it's uh, it's it's it is what it is, and it's uh, you can you can uh, recognize it, which is important. So um, only a fan favorite. This week we have a sports community hybrid for you on a. Um, um, a, a native of Wilmette, Charlie Tilson, who for the past eight years has been playing eight and a half years has been in the, uh, in the realm of professional baseball. And I talked to Charlie, um, we may have mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but I also talked to um, some people at his new gig up at Northwestern university where Charlie is now an assistant coach. So Charlie has a heck of a story. Um, a lot of you may have followed his story uh, being drafted out of high school in the second round of the MLB draft um, with the St. Louis Cardinals, he had a big choice whether to go um, play college ball at uh, one of the best universities in the country, the University of Illinois, um, or um, start professionally. He went professional. I plead the fifth. <laughs> he went professional. And uh, for the last eight years, he's been playing pro ball, whether in the minors or with the um, Chicago White Sox, um, as you may know, um, He's been kind of going through it all, series of injuries. We talked about it all. Um, we went through his, um, his entire story um, from the Cardinals organization being traded to the White Sox, uh, which is the team he rooted for as a child um, growing up here in Wilmette. Um, he was obviously a superstar at um, Trier High School. He was the Gatorade um, Illinois Player of the Year in 2011. Um, so um, just a really cool story for Charlie. He's moved back home. Um, he lives with his fiance in Wilmette. 
and he is now an assistant coach at Northwestern. So kind of passing on those life lessons. He was released by the Pittsburgh Pirates amid COVID when the minor league season was um, canceled. And so they had to really trim rosters um, to a very minimal number. And uh, he was among the, uh, the ones cut and released. So, um, you know, he didn't want to attend that way. Not, a, not a, that anybody does. Um, and he was hoping to really prove his mettle with the Pirates. It didn't work out that way. Um, he's, he's working through it um, in, in his second kind of phase two right now of baseball. It's just a cool story. I could go on and on with it about it. I'm sorry if RDM, but um, you guys should check it out, a feature on Charlie Tilson. We're always advocating for listeners of this podcast to check out our work and visit our website and view some of the stories that we discuss. But this is definitely one I want to encourage all of our listeners here to check out because Joe just did a tremendous job um, on this story. It's great writing, comprehensive reporting, and some awesome photography as well. So if you're a baseball fan, if you're a new Trier fan, um, if you're a Wilmette fan, if you're a new Trier township fan, this hits all the angles. Um, you want to check this story out. So it's up on our website. It's, I believe, on the most viewed tab as well. So you should have no problem um, finding it once you log on. So definitely check this one out sometime in the next couple of days or in the next week or so. It'll be there. That's the beauty of digital journalism, I suppose. So take, take a look at this one. It's, uh, it's a great piece of journalism from Joe. That's very kind of you, Marty. Thank you very much. I do hope you read it. Um, it, it is a cool story. Um, so that's our featured feature. Uh, we do have some other ones too, so check those out. Um, you know, we, we obviously do everyday civic reporting, um, breaking news reporting, um, civic reporting, but also we do the profiles of your neighbors, um, your businesses, um, just from your local streets that, that give your community character. So check those out every, every day up at the record Northshore.org. We always love to take a look ahead also at what we're going to be reporting. So in our final segment of this week's podcast, We've got a couple of stories we want to highlight for, uh, for listeners to keep an eye out in the coming week. So as Joe mentioned earlier, a group um, that goes by the name of Open Nutrier is going to be holding a rally advocating for half a day every day um, this Saturday, November 14th at Nutrier's Northfield campus. So um, as we discussed earlier, some of the surrounding schools in the area um, do have a similar learning pattern where they are having students in for half a day every day. So this group of parents, which could um, be as many as a couple hundred, is going to um, hold this rally on Saturday and try to advocate advocate the board and the administration to um, consider moving forward with a plan that would be more representative of half a day every day. So there, if you're driving in the Northfield area on Saturday and you see a, uh, a congregation of people, um, that is probably what they're there for. And we'll have a, um, a preview up on that in the next couple of days. And then we'll also follow up from the rally um, over the weekend. So you can check those. Another, yeah. Up. Another thing to mention for our listeners real quickly, Joe, if anyone is interested in um, Nutrier's board of education meeting, that is going to be this coming Monday. So the 19th. So you'll want to check that, excuse me, not the 19th. It'll be the 16th. I apologize for that. So if you want to check out what the, uh, the latest happenings of your local new school board is and, and what the decisions might be moving forward and 
the discussions and public comment and all that fun stuff that typically happens at a meeting, the meeting is always live streamed. So you can just visit the district's website on Monday evening and click on the live stream and you'll be able to tune in to that meeting. So another thing to keep an eye out for those interested. And uh, another story to keep an eye out for is um, broken down election data. Um, I've been working on this for a couple of days. The uh, Cook County clerk just came out with um, election results broken down by township. So we're able to see precinct and entire township data for New Trier. However, um, they put it up before it's complete. So we're seeing some numbers still come in and um, we're working with uh, the clerk on trying to get some final numbers and final answers for you guys. So you can see um, how you voted in certain races, um, rather enlightening, not entirely surprising in certain races. Um, but uh, it does have some, um, some fun aspects to it. You can see the voter turnout. We'll have that compared to the past couple of years, get you some good old data reporting um, in the next few days as well. So come back for that. And uh, well, that's, that's North shore news week. Thank you guys very much for Marty. I'm Joe. This is North shore news week and we are the record. Talk to you. Thanks guys for listening. Week.